talking about a lot of heavy stuff. And it, it's actually been a while because, you know, life. So um, we wanted to kind of pivot a little bit and reflect on some of the positives. What happens when the marriage is working the way it's supposed to? What kind of benefit does that have on, on the community, on society? How does, what, why is a, a good marriage, a successful marriage so important? So we, we're going to cover um, six things that we've thought were among the most important. Uh, there have been a number of studies done on this, um, Census Bureau, among others, Bureau of Statistics. There are a number of, com- of, uh, of organizations that have looked into the ins and outs of marriage, uh, positive and negative outcomes on families, outcomes on um, society at large. Mm-hmm. So we thought we'd explore some of those, at least from a positive perspective. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this will be this will be a, a, a good thing. It's one thing to just say, oh, marriage is good. Why is it good? Okay. And why is it more? Why is it? good not just for the couple why is it so important we said in the past that marriage is not about happiness it's about duty how far does that duty extend let's explore those avenues let's um i think this would be a lighter note Mm -hmm. you know um for people to realize that there are still no matter what we see around us they are still great marriages out there. There's still couples out there that are working hard to make things Mm -hmm. um, right between them for their families, for themselves, Mm -hmm. for society as a whole. So let's just, let's look at that. Let's look at some of those and see, expand on that and see what we have. Yeah. So the first one that's kind of obvious is um, benefit to society is lower divorce rates. Well, that's kind of obvious. If, if, a marriage is working mm-hmm. as it should, mm-hmm. then the natural, most obvious consequence of that is the divorce rates go down. Um, successful marriages result in lower divorce rates, which in turn reduce the social and economic costs associated with divorce proceedings mm-hmm. and its aftermath. Mm-hmm. So I think the aftermath part is important too. So then what are some of the aftermath? Well, the financial devastation. Oh, Okay. The financial devastation is a big part of it because when after lawyer fees, after attorney's fees, Mm -hmm. it can be really difficult to start over, to pick up the pieces and to continue. Mm -hmm. Well, that ripple effect is when both people, let's say both people are working, that's two people paying taxes, that's Two people uh, engaged in the economy. That's two people making a way in the world. And that flow of income is uninterrupted. Once that flow of income is interrupted, then that person, those people tend to pull back financially. They even pull back sometimes literally. Mm. They pull back emotionally. So they become distant. They're no longer part of the community, as we said. Uh, communities are societies composed of families Mm -hmm. so when that family breaks down people tend to distance themselves in 
every possible way while they try to regroup. Yeah, while they try to process what they're going through. And so in that process, they isolate. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. natural, right? In the process of trying to refigure out what's going on, you mm-hmm. you have to take care of you. You got to isolate to kind of like, it's like resetting, rebalance, recalibrating yourself. Don't yeah. you think so? Yeah, but again, that is the negative of that is as we've shared previously, we talked about it earlier. A lot of times you'll see couples that divorce they stop coming to social functions. They don't come to church anymore. Either one goes or both go. They start over somewhere completely. So again, that community is further diminished. But when everybody's together, they're able to present as a unified force. Mm-hmm. That carries weight because people become accustomed to seeing that. It's comforting. It's comforting. I think, you know, that that's important it's important for people to see that marriage works by seeing that marriage works the next generation has it's almost like a mentorship right Hmm. the next generation has something to look forward to oh we see this couple we see that couple you know Hmm. whether they're whatever part they play in their community Hmm. whether it's a social event a religious event you know um, educational, whatever it is, whatever part they play, you become like a mentor. Your marriage becomes like a mentor for the next generation. So, yeah, I can understand that. That's actually a perfect segue because number two, the second uh, benefit is positive role models. Mm-hmm. Successful marriages serve as positive role models for younger generations promoting healthy relationship dynamics and encouraging them to build strong, long lasting partnerships. So that's, that's exactly it. We are examples to the generations that follow us. Okay. A lot of couples, a lot of young people are walking away from marriage because they haven't seen it up close. Right. They don't know what it looks like. Right. Right. It's just, it's almost like, there, there's some people that it's been a generational thing mm-hmm. where there's just not been mm-hmm. in anything, any successful relationships mm-hmm. in the home or anywhere in their community that they've been able to see. So mm-hmm. they mirror, you know, right. sometimes we get upset with people when we see them act a certain way or, you know, famous people, they act a certain way or whatever. And we don't know what they have seen mm-hmm. in their lives what what are they marrying and they're marrying what they've seen it's unfortunate but it's it is it is what it is and we have to take that into account now you have dysfunctional people that try to that get together and they want to make it work and that's what's amazing about marriage most people if not all no one goes into a marriage not wanting it to work. No one with a true understanding of what it means to be, to be married. married. Right. And I, I mean, yeah. even even the people that don't have a true understanding, they marriage is a partnership. Dysfunctional or non-dysfunctional, it's a, it's a partnership. So they walk into it, 
yeah, they might have some selfish goals, but they want the best, I feel. But I don't think anyone walks into a marriage wanting to have an, a, an annulment within two weeks or a month. or Then what are, what are you doing? Why are you walking into it? Okay, that's all right. Well, that's, that's actually a thing. All right, well, we're not going to get into that. That's not part of this. We're looking at the positive part. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it's a anyone that truly desires a partnership mm-hmm. when they walk in that's what they they they're hoping for that i think it's just that society has not really provided um not society but they didn't have the tools they didn't have the well the their, examples their didn't provide, provide the examples. examples right mm-hmm. and so it falls apart right and unfortunately it, and it snowballs like you said you see this multi-generate multi-generational Mm-hmm. because if no one is learning you can't teach what you don't know right you can't impart knowledge that you don't have correct and that's where again your community society becomes important because those of us that have found a way to make marriage work can become a resource to the people that don't see it up close and personal right we have the ability to, to show people, yeah, you might not see it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. You might not see it in your family. You might not see it in your neighborhood. You might not see it, you know, just in the way you came up, but it's here. And that's the important role that mature couples that have seen some things and worked some things out. That's the role that we play. Yeah. It's not those just are, those our, of us that have survived. Yeah. It's not just our kids that see this. It's other people's kids that see this. Or, or other couples. Exactly. So number three is kind of a continuation of that better parenting. Successful marriages provide a nurturing environment for children, promoting positive uh, parenting practices and fostering the healthy development of future generations. Established, successful couples re- generally raise balanced kids yeah generally they generally raise balanced kids if the parents are balanced there's a pretty good chance the kids are going to be balanced obviously they're outliers but as a rule children model what they see right and if what they see is balanced then what they will uh uh, replicate is also balanced and when you when the family is in turmoil the children, children suffer. Yeah. Yeah. Children, you can see it. You know, whether you have parents that are in turmoil, but they're still together, or you have parents that are separated, or you have parents that are ending up in um, courts, se- legal separation, divorce. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, children are sensitive. Children mm. are barometers of what goes on in a home. They're always watching. They're always watching. And they know, they sense when something is not right in their in in their world. Because this is their this is their world. So when something is not balanced, something is not right, it it affects them. And that's why it's important when if you see something going on with your kids. The first question should be, is that something they got from us? Are we doing everything 
that we're supposed to do. A lot of us grew up watching our parents do one thing Mm -hmm. while telling us to do something different. Do as I say, not as I do. Well, that that doesn't work because kids model what you do, not what you say. Unless what you say is in keeping with what you do. Mm -hmm. Kids model... Kids can smell hypocrisy a mile, mile away. away. More than we can. Hypersensitive to, to it. Yeah. Hypersensitive. Yeah. So that's why it's the onus is on us where, like I said, if you see something wrong and your kids are behaving a certain way that seems out of character for them, ask, am I contributing to this? Before I go and yell at them, let me go. Let me find out if there's something that I'm doing that's giving them, a, that's misrepresenting the way things should be. But I think that's an integral part of being successful anyway, because it accountability and introspection are fundamental to any relationship. What part am I playing in the success or failure of a given relationship? Friends, family, work, doesn't matter. Also, I think what a balanced marriage shows children kids is that they're always they're going to be ups and downs but you can you can ride that and you can become successful you can overcome you know what i mean because there's no marriage that is just perfect where everything is perfect you're always going to have highs you're going to have lows so children will learn that oh okay in a marriage you're going to have good times and bad times, how you react and how you respond to that, you give them the, the foundation and the framework of how to deal with those things mm-hmm. versus, you know, if the first thing they know after so many years is that the only way you can deal with something is running away right. or separate, then that's what they know. That's going to be their default position. That's going to be their default position. When things got bad, mom or dad ran away. So that seems like the wise thing to do. You yeah. run. Yeah. Wow. So number four is similar to the previous two. Um, successful couples, successful marriages um, improve intergenerational stability. Strong marriages provide a stable environment for raising kids, which helps break the cycle of intergenerational problems such as poverty, addiction, and family dysfunction. Well, every family is dysfunctional. So how does that work? It's a matter of... Every family is dysfunctional. But it's a matter of degree. Some are more dysfunctional than others. If you are... The question is, you may be dysfunctional. Your background might be dysfunctional. The question is, do you stay in your dysfunction or do you look for a way out of your dysfunction? Yeah, all of sending comes short. That's fact. But do you stay there? Mm. If you stay there, that's one issue. So the goal is, no matter where we came from, if we, as we said at the beginning, are serious about marriage and we want it to work, then we have to do the work. We have to make sure that whatever happened in our past that was detrimental is not passed on. That has to stop in our generation. That's where things like if you 
happen to grow up poor. That's likely through no fault of your own. Right. You're a kid. What can you contribute? But you know how that impacted you. So your goal should be, how can I make life better for my kid? Does that mean that in my lifetime, my kids, that we will become wealthy? Chances are against it. But there's a pretty good chance that a husband and wife working together can improve things, can give their kids a quality of life that they didn't have. And what that does is it starts a, a cycle where the kids see, you know what, let me see if I can do things the way my parents did it. And when we, as their parents, are able to leave something for them so that they're not starting from zero like we did, communities all around the world do that. Mm-hmm. Parents work. To make it easier for their kids so that their kids don't start at zero. That's where generational wealth starts. It starts by somebody getting the ball rolling. And if your parents didn't do it, then it's on you. What can you do to get the ball rolling so that your kids can start a new cycle of habits that pull you away from that poverty? Hmm. Um, Addiction. If you come from a a home that where addiction was an issue, you're going to be likely sensitive to it. And one of two things will happen. Either you will follow that example and become an addict yourself, or you will be so um, turned off by it that you'll run the other way. So all of those, you know, again, same thing, family dysfunction. Where they're, where your parents fighting all the time for most kids, They don't like to see that. So they tend to become hypersensitive. Mm -hmm. And that causes problems in and of itself. When you become hypersensitive, because the minute someone I was listening to, what's the name of the judge who is um, over divorce court? Judge Lynn. Judge Lynn. Oh, I forget her name. I forget her last name. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. But she I watched something recently and she shared that she said that based on how she came up, there was mental illness in her home when she grew up. Mm. And it made her hypersensitive in her marriage. So anytime her husband had a strong difference of opinion, her response was to overreact because it triggered in her what she felt as a kid. Mm. And that was something, again, introspection, and personal accountability, she said, you know what? This is a me issue. I need to address this. My husband's not attacking me. So why am I feeling this way? And she was able to make that connection. Wow. And she said that she, to this day, struggles with depression. She said she's a shy person. Really? She's a shy person. Matter of fact, before we came down, I was listening to her talk about that. She was on the bench when she said it. So this is something that affects everybody, wherever you are, socioeconomically, wherever you are professionally. Mm -hmm. Like you said, everybody is at some as at some point on the spectrum of dysfunction. Of What are we dealing with that we carried from 
our home, what was modeled for us mm-hmm. and how can we make up for the deficiencies in what we were taught. All we can do as parents, as, as husband and wife is give our best effort. Be honest about where we failed. Be honest about where we fell short so that our kids don't think that's normal. So that our community doesn't think that's normal. That's, I think, part of what jams us up a lot. We normalize a lot of this behavior. And so nobody does anything about it generation after generation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's another big one. What do you think? Yeah, that's a that's a real big one. But you you know, for you to back to judge Lynn mm-hmm. it was really good for her to be able to make that connection mm-hmm. you have to be able to make that connection as mm-hmm. an individual because if you can't make that connection then you can't solve the problem because right. in your mind what i'm doing is okay right or what or where i'm coming from is normal or what i've uh, what has occurred in my family mm-hmm. is normal it might bother me but then mm-hmm. but it's normal so you think that everyone else in the world deals with the same thing that I'm dealing with in the way you do. Right. Mm. So you you have to you have to come to some self-reflection. Yeah. And if you recognize that it's bad, that it's detrimental, you got to do something about yeah. it. Because as we've been saying, it's not just about you. People are watching. If you have kids, they're watching and what you do teaches them what to do. Yeah. Um, I agree with that, but, but, but as I said, if you think what you're doing is normal, Mm -hmm. if there's no accountability Mm -hmm. and if there's no Mm self-reflection to say, why what triggers that absolutely why is this triggered why does this occur you have to be able but there are people that are afraid they have fears of Mm -hmm. of self-reflection because it might just bring up things that they're not Mm -hmm. ready to deal with that they find painful well that's just that's that's exactly it the pain that they're the the discomfort that they feel is less than the pain of addressing it. And so people won't get help until the pain caused by the situation is greater than the pain of staying where they are. The pain of staying where they are has to become so great. It's think about it like this. You got a toothache. You have a toothache. You got to go to the dentist, but you're afraid of needles. That fear tends to keep so many people away because they're afraid of that needle. But at some point, the pain in the tooth gets so bad. I don't care what they do. They can cut my head off as long as the pain stops. (laughs) That's where we, that's what a lot of people have to deal with. There has to come a point where the pain is just so great that any reservations they had about addressing it fall away because the pain is, is too much to bear. Wow. Okay. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. That's that that's a that's a that's something that they have to resolve on their own. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. You can't make somebody do that. That's that's an individual 
decision that that they yeah. have to make. Yeah. The sad part about that though is while they're while they're coming to terms with that, if there are young people in the home, they're watching. They're being impacted by it. So that's why having even if you don't have all the answers, being willing to go find the answers is an important skill to have, is an important uh, characteristic to have, trait to have. I don't know it, but I know I need to go look for it. Yeah. I know something, I know something is not right. I don't Mm -hmm. understand. I need help with that. Right. I need help. All right. That's number four. So number five, economic stability. Number five. You know that. Yeah. Successful marriages contribute to economic stability as spouses can share Financial responsibilities, poor resources, and pursue joint financial goals. So that's, all of this is what we said, you know, kind of repeats what we said earlier. Yeah. About That's a no-brainer. <laughs> you would think. That's a no-brainer. That's you would a no-brainer. Think. You would think. It's not a no-brainer. No. For some people, if you grew up in a situation where you had to scrape and scrap, you tend to be far more possessive with your resources. And that follows people into marriage. If you, there's sometimes, there's something called only child syndrome. You're not used to sharing because you've not had to share with anybody. That's something you have to learn. And so not everybody has that. Um, We talked about generational stability. Well, this is a part of it. Yeah. Sometimes that generational stability requires um, financial resources to accomplish. And if husband and wife are not on the same page about how that's supposed to be done, we're stuck on the mine versus yours, me versus you. That's an adversarial position. Yeah. The kids see that. I was talking to a friend of mine who, um, told me about his grandfather. His grandfather moved here from Germany, I think. Didn't speak English, but he was a barber Mm -hmm. in Germany. So when he moved here in the, I guess, 1920s, 1910s or something like that, he was able to get a job as a barber. Mm. And he worked there for like 10 years. And then when the he moved here, how was it? What was it? Either before the Great Depression or after the Great. I think it was kind of in between there. So he worked, 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 and amazingly, he was able to still work as a barber mm-hmm. during that hardship time. But once he came, once that got you know got done, and after that depression, he. Opened up his own little barber shop. He got married. His wife was like worked in a bakery, mm-hmm. but he opened up his barber shop and she worked as a baker, and he was a barber at a business. And they pooled their resources. He sold that. He opened up a second one, where he had other people working for him, mm-hmm. and that was his business. He had so much, they had so much when they were older, when they died, they had 
three or four kids, they were able to leave each kid like 150K. Mm. And each grandkid was able to come, like if something happened, like this guy, what did he say? He said, when Amazon started at $6 a share or some madness, he went to his granddad and he showed, said, granddad, you know, this here's this thing. And what do you think? And he discussed it and he showed it. And the grandfather gave him the money to buy his first either 1,500 or 2,000 shares in Amazon when it was single dollar. Mm -hmm. Single digit prices. Single digit prices. And now it's what? A couple now thousand dollars a share? Like $3,000 a share mm. or so. He said just from that. So that's called economic stability. Mm -hmm. They pass that down. They stabilize the next generation. Now his son is in high school and he's a sports guy. He's into sports mm -hmm. and he's getting, you know, scouts are looking at him because he's so good. Mm -hmm. But then he has that parents mm -hmm. to give him that stability. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? So yeah. this is grandfather. This guy's father, this guy, now his son. They laid that's, out the road. That's now. four generations mm -hmm. of just this stability. And each generation oh. built on what the previous generation exactly. did. Exactly. Yeah. It's so it's so important. Yeah. I mean, if people could, you know, see that for what it is. And we, we don't see enough of that in the black community. Mm. Yeah. And that's that's been one of our biggest challenges everybody has a supercomputer in their pocket mm -hmm. youtube is free yeah every piece of information is available somewhere online at no cost at no cost and it it's there so there are things that we can do there's things that we can research but a lot of times we want what's quick. We want what's easy. We want what's instantly gratifying yeah. as opposed to Looking. taking a step back, being a bit self-denying and say, saying, you know what? If I pause now and do this little thing here, it will benefit me exponentially down the road. Sometimes we're a little short-sighted and that's problematic for all of the reasons that we've just discussed. Right. Role modeling, parenting, economic and intergenerational stability. All of that's impacted. Yeah. All of it's impacted. And with all of these things, all these things are pylons for a successful society. Absolutely. They're all integral. They're all connected. They're all connected. If you don't have these things, mm -hmm. you know, and I mean... It's not just black, the black, you know, society, but there are others, you know, I'm sure the people in West Virginia who have fair enough poor and they just, you know, coal was their life. Fair enough. And then they lost coal and they just could not seem to come out of that. Or in Pennsylvania when steel left. When steel left. You know, Baltimore, when, when textiles, textiles left, left, you know, That's you, fair. you can see how that affected 
mm-hmm. those societies and then they those people and then they never really kind of came out of that mm-hmm. and with that you see the generational poverty and you start to see all of these other things we talked about you see the addiction yeah you see all of this other stuff that kicks in the family dysfunction right because people tend to turn on them on each other when things go badly yeah yeah so lastly number six longevity and aging married couples i'm sorry married individuals tend to live longer and experience better health outcomes as they age reducing the burden on healthcare systems and promoting active aging particularly in recent years i'd say over the last 20 years where health and fitness have really boomed the the those whole uh uh what's the word industries have exploded mm-hmm. from exercise to food and diet to um, medicine across the board has extended lifespans to where like in the middle ages in the dark ages <laughs> life expectancy was what 35? 35 yes and then here in the 60s maybe i want to say around 50 60s 65 yeah. was an old man mm-hmm. now that people are living into their 80s, 80s and 90s 90s that's normal. consistently consistently you know things got bad when they got rid of pensions because people were living too long when people were dropping at 65 they had no problem paying you a pension because they knew within a couple of years of your retiring you were, you were going to drop and they wouldn't have to pay you out right. anymore anyway right but now that people are living 20 sometimes 30 years beyond retirement age that's pulling money they, out of it they can't they afford can't it. support it Yep. And it became a problem. So, yeah, th- there are some detriments, some changes that happen because people are living longer. Um, but, yeah, if you're able to live a longer life and have a high quality of life while you do it, yeah. that's a huge issue because at some point, children take on the care responsibilities for their parents. Yeah. And if that care starts when they're 66, 67, 68, and they still live to be 85, that's, 86, that's 87. Serious. That's serious. What does that do for the for their children that have children of their own? Mm-hmm. That means that the money that they would be spending on preparing their children and leaving to their children now has to be spent on their parents. Right. If their parents don't have their own uh, uh, stuff set up, which some do, but that's still at some point. So we, we talked about um, at one point we talked about um, the costs of assisted living. Yeah. And yeah, assisted living runs across the board. It's not cheap. It's number one. It's not cheap. And you definitely get what you pay for. Yeah. And so if you have money, you can't get any help from the government until you have a right. net worth of no more than two thousand dollars. <laughs> oh my god! And at that point, then the government will start to kick in for senior care. But at that point, you're not at the five star resort anymore. You're at whatever the government's money will buy for you, and that's not necessarily the best place all the time. We know people that are spending ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a month yeah. because. That's what they're, that's what these things cost. Mm -hmm. And so 
if the parents run out of money, the children don't necessarily want their parents in a a substandard facility. Mm -hmm. So they've got to fork out of there. They've got to pay. Or move them back. Or move them back home. It's cheaper. But in any case, it still becomes expensive because now what has been outsourced is now in the home because now you've got to pay for private duty. Yeah, but that, pay for that probably runs you a lot cheaper, though. To be no, it does, but there's still the financial outlay yeah, yeah. that's diverted from building for the children and the next generations, as we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Now, not everybody falls not into everybody that. everybody falls into that. And it's everybody, you know, different people have different situations, but that burden is still there. It's called you, the sandwich generation. Yeah. It's there where you're caught between what you want to do for your kids and what you need to do for your parents. My parents got caught in that. Yeah. Where they had to, on my dad's side, I think, you know, he had to take care of his mom. Yeah. Because he was one of the most viable mm. um, children that she, she, she had, the most mm-hmm. successful that she could depend on. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother, even though she lived remotely, mm-hmm. but... You know, he made sure that she was taken care of. Mm-hmm. And when she got older and she got her stroke, because she got her stroke in her 70s, mm-hmm. um, he was, he was, he was there. Mm-hmm. You know, he had to take care of, take care of her. Um, yeah, he did have some help from his siblings, but they weren't as stable. And so it largely fell on him. So it largely fell on him. And you guys. Because a lot of the money that should have gone to you guys in your home had to be diverted to take care of his mom. So if you consider how something like compounding works, the money that he spent for her, what if that money had been poured into the home and was given a way to grow and to develop his family? Well, to be honest with you, my... my dad didn't even back then those guys didn't even understand well i'm not money i'm, I'm not speaking you know? specifically about investing right i'm just talking about how much further could you guys have gone then, if that uh, money had stayed in the house i don't know we didn't as a kid i didn't feel it well no because your parents were good parents and they <laughs> shielded you from it how many losses did they personally they absorb take, yeah that's true to make sure you guys that's, didn't that's go true. without that's true that's the job that's the job that's the job. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, these these are just a few of those of the benefits. And you know, we we sprinkled in some of the downsides for contrast, but on the whole, the benefits are so much greater. Yeah. They're so much greater. And I think those that's important for us to focus on as well. Yeah. In addition to trying to sort through some of the stuff that gets in the way of this. Right. It's also important to kind of raise this up and say, this is the ideal. This is the target. This is why we do all of these other things. This is why we grind. This is why we um, are inward facing on or, or, or introspective. This is why we review these things because all of those little things get in the way of this goal. Correct. Being productive members of society and creating productive members of society right right yeah and that's the foundation that's the foundation so we will see you guys in the next one again we apologize for the pause 
Uh, we, you know, as I said, life happens. Life happens. Time gets away from you. Right. But uh, we're glad to be back. And we have, you know, quite a bit more in store. So Right. We want to look at a more, at a lighter note, at the at the positive sides of marriage. And mm-hmm. that's what we're going to be look, focusing on for the next few podcasts. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, like, share, subscribe please to this do. channel. And if you have any comments, please leave your respectful comments. Please do. Um, and we will, we appreciate it. And we'd also like to remind you guys uh, of the, our book, the marriage mindset. Right. It's available on Amazon. Link will be in the, in the description. Uh, we appreciate your support. And all of that goes towards growing the channel and uh, hopefully reaching more people. Right. Because that's what this is all that's about. That's what it's all about. Just reaching, even if it's just one person, it's it's, a, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it for us. We'll see you in the next one. All right.